Hello, WizKids. Before we get to our interview with Brian Scalabrini and Frank Isola, we want to remind you that you can watch live games on the Monumental Sports Network app this preseason. The app transforms live basketball into an interactive and personalized experience. Instantly switch between four live camera angles and even rewind to watch from a different angle. Start your free trial today at GetMonumental.com. Hey, WizKids, welcome to another edition of Off the Bench. Zach Rosen here with Jeremy Hyman, and we're with two pretty special guests, Brian Scalabrini, now NBC uh, Boston Sports Boston, yeah, the new dude. name over there. I don't even know. I keep messing that up, too. <laughs> so do we. we. We got NBC Sports Washington now, That's so we're getting used to it here, too. And Frankie Isola from the New York Daily News. Uh, and Sirius and ESPN. You can go. Oh, yeah. I know you know yeah, those yeah, four yeah. letters. You got you to plug it. your resume over there. Don't <laughs> pretend like you don't know those four letters. <laughs> uh, we're hanging here preseason. Uh, these guys just wrapped up an interview with Otto Porter Jr. Uh, a lot going on around the NBA. Uh, a lot of movement this summer. What have you guys kind of taken away, first of all, just from all this madness? Well, the biggest thing, I think, is uh, it gave Frank and I something to talk about all summer <laughs> long because sometimes it's summer is, is dry and trying to f- come up with topics. But this this summer, so many things. And it was interesting. We're even talking about next summer because every team p- teams are getting ready to position themselves to enter into the LeBron James sweepstakes and, and is Paul George going to stay or leave? But a lot of things were solidified when Russell Westbrook signed that extension. You know, like there was some speculation he was going to move. But uh, I thought in general it's just a pretty active offseason. I think baseball used to have maybe the most interesting offseason. Maybe that was 10, 20 years ago. But the NBA now has completely dominated that. So – you have the playoffs, which are great, and then people get very excited about the draft. But between the trades and the free agency, what I, I get a kick out of it because I think the NBA is the biggest drama league out of all the leagues. And I think in today's day and age that we live in with social media, all these reality TV shows, and I think people like the fact when they hear stuff, it's not just that Kyrie Irving's asked to be traded. The story then blows up, and whether how true it is or isn't true, it becomes it's really Kyrie wants to break up with LeBron, and then maybe LeBron eventually wants to have this guy come join his team. And I think the fans really like that part of it. So I don't know if the NBA meant to do it this way, yeah. but they struck on something. And the NBA really carried themselves in a year where you didn't have an Olympics and you know not a lot of other things going on. Really, the NBA offseason made it all the way from the last game of the season all the way up until Russell Westbrook, Dwayne Wade, and Carmelo just in the past week doing what they did. And that's, and that's a good point because before the finals were even over, we were already talking about Paul George joining yep. the Cavs and maybe trading for Kevin Love. Yeah, and I, I will say this too, though. I think, like we were talking about uh, like the Green Bay Packers, here you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers playing in a small market. There's never a story the whole time he's playing there when he becomes a free agent you watch, he's going to go play for the L.A. team or San right. Francisco, and this guy's going to come join him. So I do think there's some positives and negatives to it because I think sometimes too much of the regular season gets hijacked by what they might do. And let's face it, it's going to be all LeBron this year. Like it to me, yep. it was last year, and it always is, but this year more than ever. Absolutely. And we, we just spoke with Brian Windhorst last week at training camp about the same topic, about the this – NBA becoming sort of this drama league and how it's from the 
from the finals. He said he he said there's not really a lull until maybe the second or third week of the regular season, kind of when you settle in. And he said that's like the first time you get a lull because the off season's just not. There's no off season anymore. And I do. I'm just curious. You covered the league for a long time, Brian. You used to play in the league. This new sort of this new drama. Do, do you guys enjoy this part of it, or do you wish it was more just covering sort of the the X's and O's or the basketball side? I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it does create good content. Yeah. You know, like if if I was with someone else on the uh, starting lineup that was like me, then we probably it wouldn't be as good. But since yeah. I'm with Frankie Drama, it's actually really good. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there's some of that for everybody. Even for example, if you're listening to you know, Mike Breen, Jeff Van Gundy, Mark Jackson do a game, they're giving you all of that. They're giving you the X's and O's, and they're giving you some mm-hmm. of the drama that's involved. We do the same thing yeah. on our show. To me, there's a little bit of that for everybody. You know, If you're trying to get a large fan base, I think people that are addicted to basketball, ex-coaches, high school coaches that are watching it, they're looking for something else. But you know, I think the casual fan, they like all of it. They like the basketball part of it. They like the drama of it. Who wants to leave who? Who's fighting with whom? Because that part is interesting. We had we had uh, Shanae Agumake, who plays for the Connecticut Sun. Her sister plays yeah. for the All LA right, Sparks. Yeah. The NBA will like that. I'm now promoting the WNBA. Yeah. And we talked about that when we said, you know, the one thing that could kind of help the league a little bit, like you all don't have to act like your best friends. Mm-hmm. Like some there's healthy competition healthy dislike really what the wizards have with the boston celtics fans like that we get it the players know each other from aau growing up and after the games it's like everyone's going to hug each other but during the games it's good when the teams don't like each other that's why i'm looking forward to Kyrie against cleveland this year that's Mm going to be a lot of fun to see when you see carmelo uh come back to new york kevin durant when he goes to oklahoma city we as fans we like that when they're chanting cupcake and all this other nonsense (laughs) That makes it fun. Yeah, and we we do love it. The fan in us, I think, definitely loves it. And there's so much, there's just so many storylines now with all this, the player movement. I think it's just created so much of that. And now that we're here in Washington, and this is the Wizards Focus podcast, Brian, I know you cover uh, cover Boston, who we had quite a quite a, a maybe a one-year rivalry if you could say it last year kind of clean house at this point there's like four returning players. yeah but yeah. Marcus Smart is back <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lean Marcus Smart it is it's just it's so bizarre I mean the Cleveland Boston thing this year is going to be so crazy but just stick with how the Wizards sort of fit into this I, I don't know if, I, if the question is, is is the rivalry already gone but how how just strange is this whole year going to be because Boston and Washington are going to be Two of the best teams in the East, but it's a completely different team in Boston. So how is that viewed in, from the Boston side? Well, I think, uh, you know, it, it always works this way. The team that you eliminate, you don't care about. And then as you move forward, the team that eliminates yeah. you is your new rival, right? right? Right. So Washington, who got eliminated, whether it's, you know, there's still four guys returning, whatever. Right. There's going to be a little hatred towards Boston, obviously with the, the, the John Wall Marcus Smart thing, yes. the Brad Beal Marcus Smart thing. And he is the one that's returning, yeah. which I think that he was like 90% of the rivalry. <laughs> and, and, but yeah. now you also have, you know, the Morris brothers <laughs> going at yeah. it. So it, there's definitely an interesting dynamic with all of it. Um, but I will say, just keeping it real, you know, we are a, a Wizards podcast. I, <laughs> I was scared to death of the Wizards all last, last season. You remember when we came in here? We got shellacked by 30-something. Yes. The next game we no-showed. Game three and four no-showed. So I was always afraid of Washington. And maybe an amazing performance by Kelly Olenek and Isaiah Thomas, his 53, was just too too much to overcome. I guess the biggest question 
for the Wizards is what happened to John Wall in Game 7? Like in that second half, he was so good and so dominant at any time. I don't understand how a player of his caliber and how good he was just kind of no-showed in that, in that Game 7 second half. Maybe he just ran out of gas. Well, that's that's been one of the big storylines here this summer. And part of this, what people here have been talking about, what John has been talking about is what he did this summer to work out, basically saying, I know how I played in Game 7. He's like, I went out swinging. I gave it everything, but I didn't I didn't have it. And so now he, he had a whole new training regiment this summer. I mean, you can buy into whatever you want. There's... You know, you go to 30 training camps this year and everyone says someone's in the best shape of their life, whatever, those cliches. But I do, I mean, he did go through a completely different training regiment this summer. I mean, he worked in with boxing and cardio and he says he's in, he's a new, new player this year. We're going to have to wait and see how that plays out this season and how much he's relied upon. But I think that's going to be one of the biggest things this year is can, can the Wizards get over that hump, get into the conference finals, and that's sort of their next step into this sort of this long process into building into a championship team. Yeah, and unfortunately for John Wall, it's almost like now you're at a stage of your career, you're only going to be judged on how you do in the playoffs. And now the yeah. way the playoffs ended last season, he's got to get through the 82 games. you got to win the first round. Now it's about getting over that hump. And that's why, too, the Game 7, if you think about it, if Kobe Bryant had done that in the Game 7, Patrick Ewing in New York had done that. Crushed. What if LeBron or in his career had done that? So I don't know. You guys tell me. Is it have the fans, the media really been on John Wall in the aftermath of that game? He had a brilliant season. Yeah. No one's denying that he hit the big shot in Game Six, correct? But he, right. you know, in Game uh, Seven, second yes. half, he didn't come through. Right, and that's that's I think here in D.C. Last year was such an uplifting season, and John was so good in the playoffs. There, there's some talk of that. I mean, there's some people that said, you know. To be the to be that elite player, you got to step up there. The second half, game seven. I mean, that's the moment. But I think more of the talk is they need some. You know, they need some more help for John. He can't be. You know, can't be playing forty five minutes and be relied upon that much. But he he wants to be that guy, and he's ready to sort of carry that load. And he knows that he has to perform there to be considered one of these top. He you know he considers himself a top five player in the league, and to be that, that's when you have to step up. So it's a, certainly a fair point, and I think uh, something we'll be talking about all this season. Next question was going to be. You, we can talk about free agency now, but the, what the Wizards just did locking up three max players, there's not going to, unless they make some major moves, there's not going to be room for a big free agent to come in here, at least in the in the near future. So um, I guess if we do transition into that, what were your kind of opinions on how, you know, when such a crazy sort of summer for the rest of the NBA, the Wizards really just spent their time locking up the guys that they had. Otto Porter has to get a lot better. He has to, like, still do what he's been doing. Think, think like, Scottie Pippen, right? Like, mm -hmm. Scottie Pippen can play the, like, the sidekick, but on nights where he has it going, he has to also initiate offense and, and take that next step. Like, he's good when the game comes to him, but at $20 million a year, yeah. it's a little north of that. Now he has to be good on those situations, which are also going to be you know 18 minutes a night. But he has to also be good in those other 14 minutes where you sort of like give him the keys and he has to ascend. If not, then you guys are going to take that little baby steps moving forward and maybe never make that jump. But do you think he, he you have? I mean, we probably would all agree he's never going to be more than the third option because he's not going to be the offensive player that John or Brad's going to be. No, but so he has to be the third option. 
when they're on the floor and a okay. first option guy when they're off. Okay. Like that's that if it's okay if you say he's never going to do that or you know Otto Porter just that's just not his game. And yeah. if you're okay with that that's fine, but you're never going to take that next step. And I'm not I love Otto Porter. He's one of my favorite players in the NBA, but you're talking about overcoming you know, getting over that hump, right. that hump is all Otto Porter going to another level. Well, he wasn't great in the playoffs against the, the Celtics the last year. He was good against IT when they posted him up that one game, and that was kind of – He scored five to six points off of that. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> don't be nasty. It's we're, we're guessing. No, here. I'm not nasty. I'm just saying, like, we, we don't want to over – we're talking about, you know, what you're he talking praised about? him when he was in here. Yeah, I love Otto Porter. I told <laughs> you told him how great he played in that one game. I, no, how <laughs> good was he? was only Isaiah Thomas. No, no, I'm saying you have to be able to move the needle in which where coaches look at you and say, like, I don't have any, I don't have answers all for right, him. Let me give you, all right, they mentioned John Wall, Bradley Beal, and Otto Porter. All right, so we'll remove Golden State from the equation. We'll, okay. We'll, we'll remove Cleveland. Where would you rank that in terms of a trio? You know, you got Carmelo oh, obviously now in Oklahoma yeah, City. Where yeah. would you put those guys? <sighs> I don't. They'd have to be pretty yeah. high up. Kyrie, Gordon Hayward, Al Horford trio. Yeah, I mean, who's the They're third guy in Houston? I, I look after talent Paul, wise, Tre- Trevor. Talent Reza. wise, those guys are. So you're saying no Cleveland, no Golden State? Yeah, remove those two. One talent wise. Really? One, especially for how old they are. Twenty-seven and twenty-four. Can I give you, can I give you three names? Yeah. yeah. Przingis, Hernan Gomez, <laughs> Natila Kina. Okay, I'm just glad maybe. you know how to pronounce that name. <laughs> maybe is that few, true? That I'm playing. <laughs> maybe a, uh, yeah, a few years from now. But um, that's, I don't. That's a hell of an international team. I'll give you that. Who is who is the third guy in Houston? I'm just curious if Paul Harden and Trevor Ariza, Ariza or uh, Nene? Nene, Nene or is Nene still there? Yeah, he's yeah, there. he's still there. Right. Yeah, I mean, I. Eric Gordon, yeah, That's right. Eric yeah. Gordon. So I, the peanut gallery yelling at Eric Gordon over there. Be- I mean, those guys are better. I mean, uh, OKC is probably one. Yeah, John Wall. Th- this group is two. Celtic guys would have to be up there. They're probably like. What about uh, your team, Milwaukee? Milwaukee. You got Giannis Jabari healthy. That's you the have biggest question. Giannis. Giannis. Chris Middleton, Jabari Parker. Wait, wait. How about Drew Holiday, Anthony Davis, and Boogie Cousins? Yeah, that team is really interesting this year, New Orleans, because no one knows what to expect from them. They've got some be interesting the pieces. They, they should what be. about our boy Jokic, Millsap, and yeah. and Gary Harris? Harris over, sure. Yeah, over I mean, there's some good trios. I, I I mean, we're biased, obviously, here. I love – I mean, John, Brad, and Otto, I think, for ha- for a – you know, for a young core that you're, you know, that you've just locked up for five years, I think that that team's going to be able to contend. Um, I think the biggest question we have here, and we've talked about this all summer, sort of once we did it, is what does that mean, like contend? And what is, can they be like a team that's contending to make the conference finals, or can they contend and actually win a title? And what are their no, goals? No, 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 no. They could, they could play Cleveland tough. They could not get waxed like the Celtics did last year. In the, that's. That, that would have been the step. If they would have won game seven, yeah. Cleveland's battle to the finals would have just been a tougher road. Washington, maybe this year, because they just have so much side length and athleticism, you just kept matching them up, and they could win the battle that night. Yeah. Washington can go to, go to a conference final and really test that, LeBron. That's a great year if they do that. And then, and then they got to test LeBron. That you either sign LeBron or he goes to the Western Conference. <laughs> you know, you well, can pull the political thing, like LeBron, come here, and then the, yes, you know, change the world. Yeah, yeah, like you can, you can be, you can run President, for office. Yeah. They, when you the miss first, games, because 
he'll still probably miss games despite the schedule. He could uh, be protesting. Let me ask you guys this. <laughs> Best radio duo on Sirius XM NBA radio. Oh, that's a, that's an easy one. That's a lock. Oh, who's we second got, then? I bet uh, you guys don't even listen. That's a good question. Justin uh, Germany, Eddie Johnson. Who? Siri, we, uh, <laughs> I stopped him. Siri, What's the radio? Got, it's all right. I was going to say uh, Mad Dog. <laughs> Mad Dog and uh, he does his own show now. Yeah, it's yeah, all right. I, put you, I put you guys on the spot. Yeah, we need, we need a list here. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, but that, that's the stuff that we've oh, been talking about. Tax, where do you got Washington finishing? Uh, I mean, not, not, not in the regular season with record. At the end of the year, uh-huh. they were eliminated where? I, right now, I'd say conference finals. I have the Wizards as the team playing Cleveland in the conference finals. And I think they're still – that's going to be the next step this year. I think maybe next year the year after when LeBron either leaves or if if he eventually starts to sort of go the other way in his career and isn't the most amazing you know athlete we've ever I mean, seen. He's going to slow down eventually. Then you, get, that, you never know. You get to the conference finals, luck factors into it. Yeah. Oh, there's – sure. There's – you know, anything anything can happen when you're there. I mean, you never know how injuries will work, how you know how the games play out. You just never know. So just if this team were to get to the conference finals, I think that would be a successful season. And I know that would be sort of the the, the next step that they three out of the last four years they've been sort of one one series away, and that's sort of the next step in this process again of competing for a championship. I think the the goal for them is get the one seed, make Cleveland and Boston meet up in the Eastern Conference semifinals and hope that they cancel each other out and they get to the Eastern Conference yeah. finals. If that's against Milwaukee or Toronto in the second round, then so be it. But that's kind of – I feel like that's the, the best path for them to make it. I don't know if they can beat Boston or Cleveland in the second round and then make it to the Eastern Conference final. For that to happen, Yamahimi, Otto Porter, Brad Beal, they all have yeah. to stay healthy. Yep. And that's yeah. the biggest. Who's the backup point guard? Tim Frazier, Good. Thomas Sadaransky. Okay. Yeah, because so last year it was Brandon yeah. Jennings for before that. <laughs> Trey Burke was out of the league. Yeah. He struggled. I mean, when yeah. the Knicks came here that one time, I mean, I felt badly for him because he was a little too undersized. He struggled. Yeah, you could tell they needed to do something. Yeah, and they 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 made you know Tim Frazier just he didn't play last night, but I think they're they've talked highly about him. They're excited about him to come in and sort of be the new backup guy and they signed Jody Meeks yeah good signing if and also has to stay healthy yes it's all about health same with Mike Scott I mean it's it's all these guys that need to be healthy right they bent that bench has to stay healthy to help them to help them get the one seed in the east that bench is going to have to be healthy this year and you saw it last year I'm convinced if the Wizards had home court in that series they win the series do you would you agree with that I actually I, I can't sit here and disagree now because I actually really believed that Washington was going to win that series. Okay. And I'm like, I wear green lenses, you know, <laughs> yeah. but I just think that. Never would have known that. Yeah. You, <laughs> you look at the matchup. When I go into a playoff series, just look. I just, okay, this guy versus that guy. And you see John Wall in his 25 to 3 run, and it's unbelievable. You see, like, what he's capable of. Mm-hmm. But I would have never guessed in game seven that he would be the one. I would think Isaiah Thomas would be the one that fatigued out dealing with all the stuff he had to deal with. I would have never guessed that John Wall would be the guy that fell off. I guess from you guys, what do what are your predictions then? I mean, Boston over here is probably saying, eh, I don't know if they're gonna they're gonna make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, but you're still, everyone there you're still is still optimistic. No, no, not me. I yeah. think I think that I think it's imp- early going back to what you said earlier. I think it's imperative to not play Cleveland and Washington. Uh-huh. I think you could take your chances with Toronto. That 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 would be the better route to take. I, w- 
I was scared of Washington last year. I'm scared of Washington this year. In the playoffs, I'm scared of side length and athleticism, and you guys got all that. Which team do you think that wasn't in the playoffs last year will be a playoff team and can maybe create a little noise? Miami, for sure. What about Detroit, Charlotte? Uh, I saw Charlotte last night. What is the deal with them? They play good basketball. They move the ball. They rotate well on defense. They can't win games. I don't yeah, understand. It, it was like that last year wait, because wait. They, if you look, I think it was their was it their points for their point differential was like a yeah. middle of a playoff team, and somehow they were like eight or nine games under five hundred. What about um, how was Dwight Howard last night? Didn't play. No, he, he was he was okay. What does that mean? He was okay. He was okay. <laughs> he was okay. Like he wasn't. Oh, I think Aaron debate. Baines outplayed him. We had a big debate. Two summers ago, I said the Knicks should sign Dwight Howard. He was like, no, they'll be great with Joe No, I didn't say oh, oh, no whoa, in the whoa, triangle. Whoa, 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 nah, yeah, no, no. So you, I think $23 million, actually, it doesn't matter. Whatever they done, it would have been bad. Actually, Dwight Howard would have been better because it would have been a shorter contract. Dwight Howard could play in the triangle. Aspects I got to deal with every we, day. We've got the Knicks here twice in the preseason. I oh, believe yeah. we're we've got them coming up on Friday. What what should we be expecting? What's, what's the other game? There's another York. one in New yeah, York. Yeah, we're in New York oh, next week. Friday, next yeah, week. Yeah. About uh, what for the Knicks? Yeah, you have. I think it's weird. I think they want to be in the lottery. Mm-hmm. Probably. I think that's kind of their plan. So I think this year would be about Przingis, Hernan Gomez, and Frank Natilakina. Yeah. And the poor kid, the French kid, Top because trio. he was drafted. Everyone's falling asleep already. The uh, <laughs> when they when they drafted when they drafted him, Phil Jackson made the pick. Right, and then That's right, was it right. the next pick or a couple picks after Dennis Smith Jr. gets drafted? Yeah, and then three days later they get rid of Phil, who had made the pick. Right. So like the whole, th- I feel badly for the kid because yeah. he seems like a really nice kid, and he. But you know, you're 19, you're French, you're coming here. It's it's going to be. A lot of pressure. Every time Dennis Smith plays well, yeah, he's going to say, "Ah, oh, look, he's better than this kid." Yeah, a lot of people are talking highly about Dennis Smith. I think we saw some highlights last night. Uh, a lot, you know, a lot of people are picking him already for Rookie of the Year. Um, are there any any sleepers you guys have rookie rookie picks or sleeper teams that you like this year? Uh, when you guys say that, it means like guys that we don't know or guys that we think you don't know. So either way, you think I'm calling you an idiot. <laughs> Have That's... you ever heard of Ben Simmons? Oh, yeah, he's a sleeper. I mean, that, then you're Shouldn't like, be a rookie. Yeah. What do you think? I'm an idiot? Of course I know who Ben Simmons is. So I don't know the underrated pick. Okay. So That's... what's the real question? Who can win rookie of the year? Uh, yeah, I guess Lonzo if they... Ball, Dennis Smith, and Ben Simmons. Okay. Ben Simmons should not be a rookie. Just like Joel Embiid last year shouldn't have been a rookie. Yeah, what are he impressions? He was a rookie last year, yeah, right? Yeah, he was. They wanted got, people, and not only was he a rookie, people wanted me to vote for him when he played 32 games. <laughs> yeah, that was. I mean, can our standards, I love the guy. Can our standards be any lower? When I was in the league, they say you're a rookie until you play 82. <laughs> no, no. So the whole league would be how long, rookies. How long would Embiid be a rookie? Once you cash that first check, you're, you're a rookie. I don't care if you didn't play any games. That's not my problem. Well, what we've got Philly here opening night of the regular season. It's supposed to be the debut of Markel Fultz and Ben Simmons That's and these guys. What uh, What do you guys think of Philly? I haven't seen them yet. Yeah, I, I haven't got to see these yeah, guys. I, I see them on Friday. Yeah. I'll let you know. Okay. Yeah, we love Brett Brown. We love Joel Embiid is unbelievable to watch. It's yeah. everything about him is great. But I think people are going way yeah. overboard with the six. When you let me way let me let me tell you how it works with this. When you like the song. One, two, three, four, five, sixers. Then you know they're bad. When you hate the song, one, two, three, four, five, sixers, then you know you're they're good. So once you start hating that song, then you know they're good. That is a great barometer. I've never heard that 
bet put that way, but a great barometer <laughs> of Philadelphia to basketball. Hate us. <laughs> <laughs> they want this podcast then. <laughs> I think that's a good place to end then, actually. Uh, I want to thank you guys for coming on. Frank Isola, Ryan Scalabrini, of course, Jeremy Hyman, the expert here. Uh, <laughs> we get a gift certificate or? What do you do How's that going to work? Like, he has questions. Like, you ask like two questions. He's got a good yeah. radio voice. Yeah, you do. I'm, I'm here. You should be on NPR. I'm here to, I'm here to steer. Oh, that's, I don't know if that's a compliment or not, but uh, here to steer. But, uh, you know, we're, we're covering the team, also doing the social media. So a lot going on. Darren Jenkins, though, is the real MVP. Hey, so, two shout-outs for Darren. Thanks a lot, right. guys. Thanks for coming Thank on. Thank you, guys. Catch you later, WizKids. Ciao for now. Watch Level With Me, a monumental Sports Network original series, and get up close and personal with the Washington Wizards. Don't miss Bradley Beal and Phil Chenier in the newest episode. Start your free trial today at GetMonumental.com.